You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally you get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. Three, two. If you told me a year ago... I'd be this excited to handicap the 122nd U.S. Open. I would have said you're crazy. <laughs> Golf's third major tees off Thursday, June 16th at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. And since I'm a golf betting noob, I recruited a sharp to help handicap the U.S. Open. <laughs> if you watch as much of the VEASAN TV network as me, then you've probably seen our guests like three times a week. Otherwise, this week's guest contributes to the sports betting community via social media and is a Yahoo sports betting analyst making her bed slipping debut the great Pamela Maldonado. Hey, thank you for having me. I think I'm just as excited as you are. I think all of us are because the live tour is going on and the week right before the US Open, so we could see some chaos this week and I think that's what we're excited for, the drama. Oh, absolutely. I just more meant <laughs> that I've gotten into uh handicapping golf just this past year for the most part i i did the majors last year but like i'm betting every single week on the pga tour now it's like my main thing i love it so honestly like (laughs) i mean i i used to gamble just solely on team sports and then i found golf this past year when uh after the super bowl and i just i love it it's like definitely my favorite thing to handicap and you're actually uh, no bullshit. You're one of the few people whose bets that I'll I'll track on the internet and social media and try to uh, read up on before I handicap my stuff or as I'm handicapping my stuff. And I got in your DMs like six months ago and just told you how big of a fan I am of your stuff. So I'm excited to break oh, thank this. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited to break down the U.S. Open with you. Um, I, how did you do with the RBC Canadian Open? Did you uh, cash any tickets at that one? I did really well. I hit um, four out of the five players that I every week I do about four players that I think that are going to contend. So, you know, my top two are the players that I like for like a top 10 and to win or and then the other two are like the longer shots who I think are better for a top 20. And but you can still bet outright. All four of them ended up cashing in the top 20. Tony Finau was my pick to win and he of course got second place but um no um golf has been pretty good for me as of late i think the thing with golf is if you nail the stats you're gonna nail the players in the market like it's 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 that simple yeah (laughs) until it isn't (laughs) so like some weeks i may like undervalue around the green um completely miss that and then i might go over (laughs) i might go over for um miss just miss handicapping players that I think are going to do well because I was overweighing their iron play when it was really should have been looking around the green or you should have been, you know, weighing more less around the green, whatever it is. It's just, if you nail the stats more often than not, you're going to do well in, in golf. And last week was one of those weeks that I did well. And I've done really well in majors. Um, I've been calling myself Brooks Kepka. I just show up for the majors (laughs) (laughs) and I've been crushing those. So hopefully the U S open, this one is a little bit more difficult. I think. Um, so I'm excited for this one because I think we could see some some good some good stuff this weekend. Yeah, I uh, one of the few tournaments that I bet last year was the Open, and I had Colin Marikawa, 
Um, so mm-hmm. I just thought betting golf was super easy, and I've gotten smoked in the last two majors that I've bet. <laughs> I've done really good in this regular oh, yeah. season. Um, I also had Tony Finau to win outright. I had him top five, top ten last week, so that was a nice ticket to cash. I had Justin Thomas over Rory McIlroy, so that was kind of a, a difficult beat to take. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do love uh, handicapping golf, and there's just so many different ways to, like, handicap um, the sport and, and find value and, like, um, you know, team sports, obviously there's player props, there's totals, there's quarters, but for the most part, ultimately it comes down to who do you think is going to win the game, right? And in golf, right. there's so many different ways to extrapolate value or uh, mm-hmm. make money betting tournaments, um, the least exactly. of which isn't outright. I mean, if you hit that, you're flying high, but I mean, you could, you can miss outrights every single tournament for a year and make sick, sick money. So I love betting Mm -hmm. golf and I'm happy to have you up here or on this uh, podcast to help me with the 122nd U.S. Open. Uh, Again, let's do the quick details of the course and the tournament. John Rahm is the defending champion. He won last year at Torrey Pines. This tournament is being played at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. It's the first U.S. Open here since, I think, 1988. Plays at a par 70, uh, course stretches, roughly 7,462 yards. It was restored by Gil Hands, which should be a familiar name if you guys are betting golf regularly. He uh, is the same guy who restored the Southern Hills course where they just played the 2022 PGA Championship. Of course, Justin Thomas won that. Um, I've done several virtual tours of this course through like the fried egg or no laying up or uh, the USGA actual website. And Mm -hmm. just from what I've seen, this looks like the most insanely difficult golf course. Like I've, I've had to handicap. Um, If there's any weather, I don't know how many dudes shoot under 15 par or under par. And I don't (laughs) think 15 golfers are going to shoot under par in this tournament. But Pam, what right. jumps out to you about this course? Maybe what comp courses did you use when uh, breaking down the U.S. Open or, or uh, anything specifically course related? One of the things that stood out about this course is that, yes, it is, you know, over 7,200 yards, but you mentioned weather. It could be raining this week. It has been raining. So that's going to make the course a little bit longer. There's a few par threes on this course. There's four. I usually like to look at, will there be a hole in one prop? And this one I'm leaning to the no, which you can get at plus money right now. I haven't fired on this wager as of yet, but there's two of them that are over 200 yards. There's one that's 193. And then you have one par three that is 133 yards, which, hey, sounds easy enough. You have some of the best golfers in the world. Easily, they can make a hole in one, except this green is really, really, really tiny. It's the, t- it's the smallest green that's here on the course, and it's 30 feet below the tee box and surrounded by bunkers on all sides with deep runoffs. Um, so even if you hit your mark, that ball can still roll down into any one of these bunkers. And if you roll off into the greens, off the greens, you're looking at some really, really, really thick rough. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to definitely lean to the no for a hole in one. I faded it at the last major and it worked out well. So I'm going to be looking at that one again. Uh, some of the comp courses that I use for this, I mean, it's really difficult to kind of narrow it down to what's what, but I'm looking at Torrey Pines only because, you know, those are also, uh, that's also a course with some really small greens, Pebble Beach. Those are courses where you need more accuracy. And I think that's what this course is going to need. Some of the longer courses that you could use 
practice majors where you can go with the bombers, uh, the longer courses, and maybe a little bit less accuracy, like Wingfoot, Aaron Hills. I'm kind of not taking those into consideration. I'm instead looking like uh, Oakmont, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines. So some of the shorter courses and some of the ones that definitely need more accuracy off the tee compared to not. So those are the courses that I'm going to be looking that I have been looking at. Awesome. Yeah, I have similar courses in my model. I also use Southern Hills because that's also a, Gant, a Gil Hands restored course. Pinehurst, mm-hmm. which I believe he also worked on, um, and Colonial as well. Um, so similar courses as you. Um, and uh, I, I, either way, though, I mean, I, I think this uh, this every every major course or every every uh, major tournament really tests. Uh, your whole skill set. So you're gonna have to be strong throughout the bag. Um, But like the simplest way I feel like and understanding at least the US Open specifically major or specifically the US Open, but also majors is you you can't miss fairways and you can't miss greens or else you're effectively gonna bogey, right? So (laughs) I think that's even more so true with Brookline just how uh, just nasty around the green it is how uh, those big those bunkers how small their greens are and just just the, the craziness of the course and 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 the bumps and and um uh, the different bounces the ball could take even on the fairway so i'm excited uh, about getting into the handicapping of this event uh real quick though i just got to do a quick ad read for our sponsor typico sportsbook who's a global sports betting leader it's now live in new jersey and colorado you can make your favorite sports more interesting with their fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast can get a special welcome bonus at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions do apply. You must be 21 or older to game. So please see their website for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and uh, 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. Uh, please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay. So let's look at the favorites first. So, um, when I, uh, I use fantasy national to, to, uh, do models or, or, um, yeah, build models, figure out better pricing for these, um, golfers. The top two on my model was Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas, who are also the top mm-hmm. two, um, um, by the odds to win this tournament. Uh, Rory McIlroy is the official favorite, at least on Tipico. He's plus 900. Justin Thomas is plus 1,000. Uh, Pam, when you're handicapping this, um, the way I kind of see it is if, you know, like if Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy are one and two on the odds and they're one and two on my model, I don't see much value. But right. do you look at it similarly or will you take a stab at any of these favorites and do you see any value in these favorites? I know that there's people out there who say, oh, I like the price if it was 11 to one, but it's 10 to one. So that's too low for me. I'm not going to grab it. You know what? Plus money is plus money. (laughs) And if you feel strongly about a player, I love Rory McIlroy this week. And yes, he is the 11 to one favorite to win this tournament. And yes, I did bet him to win. Um, I don't know what the number should be. I don't know what the number indicates what he, how often he's going to win. I just know that his stats fit great. Is it really hard to win a tournament back to back? Absolutely. But if there's any one player on tour that I trust um, to do that, who could do that would definitely be McElroy because he's just been one of the most stellar players. Um, not of just this year, but I mean, you're talking about a player whose floor is still better than most players ceilings. So for something like that, I hold value in now, Justin Thomas. I mean, you're looking at players like that um, who's coming off to win and yes, he's great. But if you look at his data points, 
he's a little bit wonky. He loses strokes off the tee. And then one day he's losing strokes off the, on his iron shots. And then another day he's losing strokes putting. So he has a little bit more inconsistency, but his ceiling is higher. So, but Rory McIlroy's floor is high, is higher. So I'm kind of weighing stuff like that, that type of information where, okay, the data tells you one thing, but now I'm using kind of like common sense, I would say, and intuition okay. um, to back up the other. But when it comes to these golf outrights, I'm definitely more of a conservative better. And I would rather take players to be like top 10 instead of as outright markets. Um, so like McElroy, for him to finish in the top 10 is plus 160. I say that's value to me because he has in the US Opens, he has three straight top 10 finishes. Um, so that to me is value. And so maybe if you don't want to back, back him in the outright market, you can look at the top 10, you can look at him to head to head. So find other ways that you can bet these players instead of taking in the outright only. Yeah, yeah. When I'm betting golfers, I'll I'll sprinkle on their outright, and then kind of like horse betting, where it's like win, place, show. I bet them across the board. Right. I'll bet top five, top ten, top twenty, depending on you know where the odds sit, who I'm betting on, stuff like that. Um, Rory and and to a lesser extent, Justin Thomas. I don't know how much uh, you read into the narratives and stuff, but they feel more or less more motivated by legacy. Uh, Rory McIlroy had that little uh, cheeky comment about Greg Norman and passing his all-time, or not all-time, but his uh, tournament win record. And, you know, he's uh, been outspoken about golfers going to the Live Tour. Um, So I I, I don't hate Rory McIlroy as a a favorite here. I'm not going to find myself betting him outright, but I do not hate um, someone else putting money on him because he's – playing as good as anyone in the world, if not better than anyone in the world. So uh, I don't Hasn't won a major either. since 2014, but now is, t- now is as good. Now is as good of a time as any <laughs> for sure. And yeah, he's playing really well. So uh, the next guy actually on the list, John Rahm, who I feel like hasn't been discussed very often. He did win the Mexico mm-hmm. open, which most people just clown on it. Cause it's, it was, uh, it was his first year of the tournament. They call it a corn fairy tournament. Um, so it wasn't, that big of a deal, but he is the defending champion. He has for the more or less backdoored a bunch of top tens this year. Do you see any value in John Rahm? Uh, we'll talk about heads to heads in a second, but do you see any value in the outright or head to head market or any market for that matter? I think there's value in John Rahm period, whether you back him in the outright at 14 to one, whether you back him in a head to head to finish in the top 10, any which way, I think there's value in him. And the reason for that is because earlier this season, um, after he took second runner up at the century tournament of champions in January, Rahm just went on this rampage. He had a second child. Things were great. Life was good, but then his golf game kind of slipped. He lost strokes around the green in like six straight tournaments. He lost strokes putting in like five straight tournaments. Now those were supposed to be two of his biggest strengths of his game. And then all of a sudden they just went away. Yet Rom was still finishing T14, T3, T10. He still had all of these top 20, top 10 finishes. Well, over the last few tournaments since mid-March, he has turned that part of his game around. And now he is in the green for both around the green and putting. So now he's now, which led to a win in Mexico. Now I know that was like a weaker field and that's a much easier uh, course because you had wide fairways and you can just like bomb it through, but he lost strokes at the Memorial off the tee, like barely he lost two strokes and he still finished T 10. So if he can have that bad of a day, that was his first time that he lost strokes off the tee in, I will in like 40 rounds in like for his last 40 tournaments. That's kind of an outlier event. So not only has he turned what was seemingly the worst part of his game over the last six months, 
But then he had a blip of a stat, something that is just unlikely to happen again. Definitely, I can see Rom contending in this field. All right. Yeah, that's another guy who, again, I don't... I mean, his he pops on my model. His game is obviously sick. Again, defending champion, so... Um, I'm not. I don't have him on uh, my bed slip right now. But again, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with taking John Rom here. Uh, the 2022 Masters champion, at least according to Tipico Sportsbook, is plus 1300. Scotty Scheffler, of course, I'm talking about. I don't know what price you're seeing him at. Uh, do you think he wins a second major this year, or are you fading him at all? Um, Scheffler actually didn't pop up anywhere for me. I, I don't necessarily use models. What I do is I just li- literally look through every single player. <laughs> and so I look at, you know, how they're doing on this putting surface, which is Boana, how they've done recently. Um, and I love Scheffler absolutely as four tour wins this season. And if he does happen to win the U S open, well, he could be only the sixth player to win both the masters and the U S open in the same season. But I just think that there's a lot of other players that I like more that I'm not willing to add additional to a Scheffler 14-1 or anywhere else in the market. Okay, yeah, I think he's a little inconsistent off the tee, so the more that I think about uh, Scotty Scheffler, the more I end up fading him. Maybe if I can get a a not-so-expensive John Rahm over Scotty Scheffler ticket, I might play him in a head-to-head. I actually don't have him on my head-to-head uh, bet slip at the uh, for this podcast. I have two other head-to-heads. Actually, we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but first, the next grouping of favorites, and the last group, and we're really going to talk about. There's four names bunched up at plus two thousand, according to uh, our sponsor, Tipico. Uh, Jordan Spieth plus two thousand, Cameron Smith plus two thousand, uh, Patrick Cantley plus two thousand, and Alexander Shoffley plus two thousand. So, I actually have two head-to-heads um, with these four guys all in it. Um, so I can talk about that here in a second and kind of segue to that, but do you see any value in these guys fading them, betting on them, or what are your thoughts on these four golfers? If any, Xander Shoffley was one of the players that was my first clicks. Um, the week before the major, I will go ahead and do an article for Yahoo where I talk about first clicks. And this means I'm not really putting much thought into it. I see a number. I like it. I like the player. I know what he's done as of late. So I'm clicking on him and then I'll do the research later and see if it ends up being like something that I really love. Well, Xander Shoffley for me ended up being a player that I really love. He for a top 20 market, you can get him at plus money. Are you kidding me? And I'm saying that because, yeah, his last solo win was 2019 Century Tournament of Champions. But in 2022, he is he is top 10 in strokes gained t- uh, total behind only Shuffler, Rory, and Justin Thomas. Those are some really great players to be some of the best win. And in U.S. Opens, Shuffley has he is second in strokes gained total in just U.S. Opens, having finished T7 or better since 2017. And you want to give me plus money on him to finish in the top 20? Um, now 22 to one for a win. That's a little bit more like risky business considering that, Hey, he doesn't really win, <laughs> but like I said, none of, nobody has ever won a major until they did. So in, in majors, not just the U S open, but in all majors, Shoffley is seventh in strokes gain total. And since 2017, he has played in 20 majors. He has only three missed cuts, 13 top twenties and nine top tens. So if I like a player to finish in the top 10, which I do like for Shoffley at plus two twenty five. Um, then I'm definitely going to like them for a chance to contend, especially on a difficult course like this. He has a solid game overall. He's good off the tee. He's good at the irons. He's good around the greens. He's good with the putting. He is just consistent. So is he going to come out with that right win? He absolutely could if he gets lucky and he finds like a hot putter. But more so than not, he's going to finish in the top 10. And that's what I want when I'm backing a player 
for a top 20, especially. Yeah, I see Xander at plus 100 top 20 on Tipico. And if he was top 20, that would be extremely disappointing for him. Because like you said, he's been at least seventh or better in all five of his U.S. Opens played. This is uh, an event and a course built for Xander. And honestly, I know uh, um, it'd be kind of crazy for him to win. uh, a U.S. Open kind of palping his PGA Tour winning cherry, uh, but like he's got the game for it uh, for this for this course especially. Um, and I do feel like like apparently the Olympic gold doesn't count really as a win because it wasn't on the PGA Tour. No. But I mean, if yeah. uh, the Olympics is a big event, <laughs> you know, it's a big deal. I, I kind of count it. So, but I, I hear what you're saying, and 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 I love the look at at, at Xander Shoffley here, and he's actually. Uh, one of the guys, and I'm betting on a head-to-head, um, and also foreshadowing to another or teasing another head-to-head that I bet. But um, a guy that performed really well on a comp course that both of us used was Jordan Spieth. He's also a plus two thousand. I like him to beat Patrick Cantley. I'll talk about that in a second. Who's also plus two thousand. But since you use Pebble Beach because they have the smallest screens, second smallest screens are here at Brookline. I'm sure you remember and noted that Jordan Spieth finished second behind Tom Hoagie at Pebble Beach this year. So are you looking at Tom, uh, excuse me, Jordan uh, Spieth at all in this tournament? Or um, how, how, how do you feel about him coming into it? No, I do like Jordan Spieth. Um, is it Spieth week? It could be. <laughs> He's one of those players where he is gaining strokes. I was just talking about Rom and his, his problem area was around the green and putting. Well, he seemed to have fixed those. Well, Spieth's, his problem was off the tee. He couldn't, he was losing strokes off the tee because he was a little bit more, he was a lot more volatile than other players. Um, it wasn't just his distance. It was his inaccuracy. He was spraying it left and right, and he was getting himself in trouble. Well, he seems to have fixed that problem. He took first at the RBC Heritage in April, followed that up with a second place finish at the Byron Nelson, and he's been in good contention since. He has gained strokes off the tee in six straight, seven straight tournaments. His ball striking is there, and more importantly, his around the green game is there. So now you want to give me a player who is fantastic now off the tee and really great around the green. That's kind of the exact combination that you want for a difficult course like this, where you have to keep it in the fairway. And if you find yourself off the, off the either around the greens, because there's some bunkers or can you scramble yourself out of it and still make par? Uh, speed seems to be a player that can definitely do that. So yeah, I'm definitely looking at speed. I actually don't have him anywhere in my betting card. So now I'm just like rethinking that maybe I should. <laughs> yeah. He's actually seventh on the PGA and score scrambling percentage this year. Um, I didn't exactly. have, uh, speed and, and outrights or, uh, top 10 or top 20, but I did fit him in here in a head to head play and kind of segue into our head to head plays. Hopefully you have a couple. I, I, I have two here, um, that I'm willing to fire. Did you, did you do a head to head article for Yahoo sports? I generally catch those. I hadn't seen it this week. If you pumped one out though yet. I have not posted it as of yet. It doesn't go out until Wednesday, but I do have a few head-to-heads that I'm looking at, and one of them is going to be uh, one of the players that we were just talking about, Xander Shoffley, minus 135 over Cam Smith. Smith, he is, he's typically high a five. player that I love. Mean, you mean you both. High five, let's do it. Xander Shoffley over Cam Smith. No, I love it. Um, no. Smith is typically a player that I love to back. However, he is his recent form is just not anything that's impressing me as of late. His around the green is supposed to be the strength of his game. He's a good short game player, but he's gained he's 
pretty much been neutral or losing strokes around the green to the field in his last four events. And he's been losing strokes off the tee. So he's definitely one of those players that doesn't have that accuracy off the tee that I'm looking for. And I was talking about Shoffley in U.S. Opens, T7 or better since 2017. Now, I know that's generalized considering that we're not playing at the same course, but Xander is just the more consistent player. And if you're looking for a head-to-head market, you're looking for consistency over inaccuracy. That's definitely what I'm backing. So Shoffley for me is the play. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's one. Of, that's my first head-to-head. I'm taking Shoffley over Cameron Smith. I had Shoffley second on my model, Cameron Smith 48th, and a big reason is because he's 110th in this field and strokes gained off the tee. He's 130th in this field and freeways gained. He's lost strokes off the tee in his last 5, 10, 20 events, and, and, and he's averaging... Um, uh, or he loses strokes off the tee over his 157 events, which I'd assume is just his full career, at least according to Fantasy National. Uh, we already talked about how Xander's game is much better suited for the U.S. Open. Again, he's top seven or seventh or better in all five of his U.S. Opens played. And Smith finished fourth at the 2015 U.S. Open, but hasn't finished higher than 38th since. So it's mostly has to do with cam smith's off the tee troubles here where i I think xander will end up beating him or that's where i see a significant edge here but yeah like you i'm taking i'm taking xander over uh cam smith as my first head-to-head uh my second one again in this uh like third tier of favorites i'm going jordan spieth over patrick cantley um spieth is 11th on my mixed model cantley's 28th Speeth is first in strokes gain at the comp courses that I used. We, uh, I mentioned earlier, I used second at Pebble Beach, which has the smallest greens on tour and has been used for a U.S. Open. He's 10th in strokes gain over the last 24 rounds, so he's trending really well. He's first in strokes gain T to green. Tita Green, excuse me, first and around the green over the last 24 rounds. And Cantley is solid, 27th over the last 20, uh, 24 rounds, but not as good as Spieth. Spieth is playing some really good golf lately. Three-time major winner, and frankly, Cantley sucks at majors. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he, just, he just struggles. He seems, which is so weird because he's one of the best players on tour. He's absolutely fantastic. Everywhere else, difficult courses, he's got it. Difficult fields, he's got it. Shows up to a major, oop, he forgot how to play golf. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how similar Southern Hills is to Brookline. Again, I did use it as a comp course because Gil Hands worked on both of them. Cantley was plus 11 at the PGA, missed the cut, like really bad showing. So if anyone could bounce back, it's someone as talented as Patrick Cantley, but he could bounce back and still lose a head-to-head to Spieth. Spieth is obviously right. that good. So those are my two head-to-heads. Uh, do you have anything else for head-to-heads? Uh, yeah, I was looking at Sam Burns, also minus 130. Um, these little heavier juices, of course, but it's against Victor Hovland. And Hovland, you know, this is a course where I was talking about how small these greens are. They are really, really small. They're the second smallest on tour behind Pebble Beach. I mean, you're talking about itty bitty. You're going to miss these greens no matter how good. You can hit your mark. You can hit the flag. And they are so undulated and the sloped. And you're just going to and they run off into the really thick rough or into the bunkers, you're going to miss these greens. And Victor Hovland is a bottom 10 in the field around the green. He has lost strokes around the green in seven of his last 10 events where Burns has gained more this season, Tita Green, than Hovland has 
in 2022. Burns, he gained three, seven, and 11 strokes from Tita Green in his last three events. He's playing better. He's playing solid. He is playing consistent. Hovland seems to be going in the opposite direction. He hasn't had a top 20 since his match play earlier this year. And this is definitely not the course that's going to put him back into, into play. Hovland is one of those guys that I just pretty much take money and light it on fire whenever I bet. I don't know what <laughs> tournament that I bet him on, but he ended up withdrawing in the first round. I think it might have been the Masters. He withdrew in the first round because he got sand in his eye, and that's pretty oh, wow. much just, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much me and Victor Hovland's relationship. <laughs> it's terrible. Every time, like every time, I go away from him for a couple weeks, and then he pops in my model. It's like, oh, this is Hovland week. He just tanks it again for me, and then we'll play better in the next week. So I just can't, I can't get on the same page as him, but. Uh, moving over to, to props now, honestly, Pam, I, I really have nothing in props, but um, you mentioned how you might uh, take a stab at a hole-in-one prop. Um, I don't know if you want to refresh or, or uh, talk about that again or if you have other props that maybe you can give out to our listeners or where you're seeing some value in. I haven't gotten to props yet because that's typically one of the last things that I look at, um, but I did mention that I was already on my radar, yes, the hole-in-one prop for a hole in one to happen will probably be plus money. I'm going to go with the no just because of how small these par three are. They're either really long, 200 or longer, or the one that is 133 yards is just really, really difficult. It's 30 feet below the tee box. You have really deep, rough fall offs, bunkers surrounding the entire thing. Um, yeah, I would say I would lean lean to the no. I haven't yet bet it myself, but you were mentioning of how Patrick Cantley, that could be uh, how poor that he does in majors and whatever data points that you're using could be the same to be applied towards Cantley missing the cut. That could be a prop that you consider. Yeah, that's probably a chunky payout. I would say it's at least plus 150 because, again, he is one of the better guys on tour. So, sure. yeah, you can get a sick little payout if uh, you sprinkle on Cantley to miss the cut. Um, I The one prop that I was kind of looking at, I saw on uh, one of my books, it actually isn't on our sponsor, at least I haven't seen it, but the best live golf player uh, – uh, grouping. I might take a shot at Kev, Kevin, not at that one. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he has been really great as of late. You're talking about a player that is typically really great, um, with the short game. And now you want to throw in that he has a really good iron play consistently in his last few tournaments. That is definitely somebody that can contend. And he's been in this spot before he's played with tiger woods in the big times in the last day. Like, yeah, he knows he, he understands the, the pressure points. So that's a good under the radar flyer that you could take. Yeah, but like you were saying, it's still Tuesday. We are recording a little earlier. There's a couple more days to handicap. I might get some more props in before uh, this tournament tees off on Thursday, but I got nothing else to to talk about here in the prop section. Let's talk, just talk about our guys to win this tournament or uh, picks to place as well. Um, like you, I like to support my winner or outright winners with picks to place bets. I have like a starting five that I'm going about or uh, uh, take into the window here with me. Um, mm. Typically, I'll do four. Sometimes it'll be six, but you know, it's anywhere from four to six. I got five names here. I'm going with uh, Shane Lowry, Sung J M, Corey Connors, uh, Mito Pereira, and Tom Hoagie. I could talk about those in a second, obviously. But what are some uh, who, what are some golfers or who are some golfers? Excuse me, you're looking at maybe to. Uh, to place in the top five, top 10, top 20, or whatever? Um, 
for the top 20, I mean, there's a, there's so many players that I like. <laughs> I can't get, there's so many players that I like. I am going to stick with, though, um, for a top 10, Rory McIlroy. I've already talked in depth about him. You know, he hasn't won a major since 2014, and I know he's coming off a tournament win, but in his last 24, he is first in tee to green. He is first in ball striking, and he is first in strokes gain total. And the win was coming. It's just a matter of can he keep up the momentum? Absolutely. Um, U.S. Opens three straight top 10s with a T9, a T8, and a T7 last year. So McElroy for a top 10, that's going to be a lock-in for me. Um, I also do like as my longer shot to finish in the top 20 um, or better at top 10. I like Cam Young. You're getting two to one for him to finish in the top 20 and he is first in strokes gained off the tee. And it's really important. A lot of that is because of the distance, but he has been accurate as of late. He is hitting the ball in the fairway. He has really good. He's top 25 in greens and regulation. He's fourth around the green behind Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. That is a really good combination. If you are good off the tee and you are great off the, around the green, he took T3 at the RBC Heritage, T2 at the Wells Fargo Championship. And you're getting some value here at two to one um, for a top 20 because of his history in majors. He has three missed cuts, but he does have a third place at the PGA Championship. So I'm kind of use, utilizing that as a heavyweight here that he has just improved on his game and he's not the player now that he was back then. So Cam Young is going to be a top 20 play for me as well. Uh, I'm taking a big old swing at the uh, Irishman Shane Lowry. He's plus 3,000 to win, according to Tipico. I'm going to take him plus 650, top five, plus 300, top 10, and plus 130, top 20. Of course, shop around. Uh, Odds might change or might be different depending on your local book. But Lowry pops his third on my mixed model behind Rory and JT, but he's got the eighth best odds. So simple gambling logic, but that's kind of – what I'm focused on right now or uh, one of the uh, handicaps or one of the uh, factors that I'm using in my, my handicap here. He's first in my custom stat model, top 10 and six of the nine stats tracked. Um, he's solid throughout the bag. He ha- doesn't lose strokes in any of the uh, five major uh, categories. One of the best scramblers in the world, tough, uh, great, tough course player, great windy condition player. It was 2019. Uh, British Open winner, second in the 2016 U.S. Open. And he's crushed it this year, third at the 2022 Masters, finished 13th or better um, in six of his eight calendar events in 2022. So I'm I'm big into Shane Lowry. I feel like he's kind of like a hipster pick for this uh, tournament, <laughs> and I've heard his name a lot recently. But uh, yeah. I, I, I'm i in love with the price, and his game is sick. So that's my first guy that I'm – I'm riding with here. Who else do you have on your bet slip? Um, I do also like, let's see, Jordan Spieth was somebody that I was considering. I haven't yet decided if I want to finalize on him or not, but Tony Fina would be my, oh, we're talking about winners later. Um, I also do like Will Zalatoris then for a top 20 um, at plus 130. He took T6 of the 2020 US Open and since then, since 2020, he is first in strokes gain total in major events. He has played in six majors, has only one miscut, though it was last year's 2021 U.S. Open. But he does have T8 or better in five. And he took second to the 2021 Masters, second at the 2022 PGA Championship. I know that there's some argument that this is not a course for him because it's shorter and because you need a little bit more accuracy. Well, he's actually improved in those areas and he's gaining strokes putting. He's gaining strokes around the green. He's improved in areas that he was lacking previously. And I think if you just... I think he knows that this could also be like a less than driver course. And that's the thing about this, these players, you don't need to hit the drive 
leave it in the bag, get in the fairway, get to the green. And Zalatoris, he's been here enough and he's <laughs> doing really well in all these other big field uh, difficult course events. So I like him to contend here once again. Yeah, he just always shows up for majors. I mean, the big issue, the big rub on him was that he couldn't putt worth shit. And then at the PJ Championship, he just knocked down putts. I was like, oh, yeah, he's in the playoff because that guy's that good. So I don't hate the Will Zalatoris. And like kind of what you've alluded to or maybe we've kind of uh, touched on is like there's so many quality arguments to make for these golfers. I mean, you can end up probably betting um, far too many units on this tournament or any tournament. So I'm with you. Don't hate the Zalatoris look. Um, I'm taking Sung J.M. top. Uh, 20 uh, plus 175 be one of my better bets here. He was a first round leader at the Masters, finished eighth in the Masters. He missed the PGA after testing positive for COVID um, before a tournament played in his native South Korea. But if he had played well in the PGA like he has done all this uh, season, what would this price be now? I mean, he's plus 4,000 to win. I think he'd be priced closer to Shane Lowry if he uh, played up to. Uh, up to his caliber, up to his standard at the PGA, but he was forced to miss it. Since then, though, he's 15th at the Schwab, 10th at the Memorial, so he's played well. He's had seven top 20 finishes in his 11, or excuse me, 12 uh, events since the start of the 2022 uh, calendar year. He's got four top 10s. And his game, just like Shane Lowry, is built for majors, solid throughout the bag, gaining strokes in all five major categories over the last 10, 20 uh, 10 and 20 events, second in par four average behind Justin Thomas on the tour, third in scrambling on the tour, seventh in par four efficiency um, from 450 yards to 500 yards or seven par fours within that um, yardage range, eighth in greens and regulations and 10th in good drive. So I'm uh, going to take them outright as well, but uh, Sunjay, Sunjay M., a top 20 plus 175 should should cash. I feel pretty strong about that one. Uh, do you have any uh, a couple other golfers we can riff on, or uh, what else do you have on your bet slip? Have we talked yet about who we think we're just going to win? <laughs> um, we can talk about that in one second. I just have one other uh, top 20 to give out, and then we can go over to winners, if that's cool with you. Okay. Yeah. So I'm liking Mito Pereira, uh, plus 300, uh, top 20. Uh, he had a fourth round collapse in the PGA, but I think that's going to help him with his mental toughness for the U.S. Open. Um, everyone that I've heard talk about this uh, course at Brookline, Pam has just said what kind of just like uh, mind games going to play with you and, and how psychologically tough you need to be to exist on that course or to, to play well in that course. And I think Mito has effectively proven that he's mentally tough enough. Again, Terrible finish the PGA uh, championship. Uh, fourth round collapse. Ended up shooting 75 plus five in the fourth round. But he turned around and put up a set or finished seventh in the Schwab the very next week and 13th at the Memorial at Mirfield, which is a very tough course. I mean, if he won the PGA, what would his price be, right? Same type of thing with Sungjae if uh, if he didn't miss the PGA. And, yeah, we could talk about him choking in the fourth round, but the other way to look at it is he massacred a Gil Hans course through three rounds. He was crushing that course. So um, I, I like his mental toughness. He's fifth on my custom model, top 10 in the field for greens gain, good drive. 
uh, good drives, uh, strokes off the tee, or strokes gain off the tee, excuse me, and approach. Fourth and par four average. Plays well in, in windy conditions, which again, in the Northeast, I like that. So I'm going Mito Pereira top 20 as um, uh, my last pick to place here. Um, no, great I definitely imp- like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, do you have any other picks to place? Do you want to just talk about the winners and then uh, maybe yeah, head to best bets? All right, cool. So uh, give us a few winners, please. Like, I, I need some. I, I need going, to make some money. I mean, I don't know if they're going to win. You hope so. That's what. You, that's why you take these outrights. But I am backing Tony Fino. I took him last week, and I'm going to back at the door. With I want to back him again at 35 to one. You're giving me 35 to one, and yeah, that's a really good number. You're if you want to be conservative, top 20 at a 135, top 10 at three to one. But in his last 24 rounds, in the last 24 rounds on tour, Finau is top 10 in strokes gained T to green and strokes gained total. He has back-to-back top five finishes. He took T4 at the Schwab, second at the RBC Canada, which is also similar because really small greens and it's a par 70. He gained seven and eight strokes ball striking. Last week, in order for him to finish second place, he had to, he gained 18 strokes total. That's going to win you any tournament, any day, any week of the year, except McElroy just happened to shoot a little bit better but he is in the green in every single category off the tee uh with his irons on his short game his u.s open history is a bit of a hit or miss he does have three missed cuts but he also took fifth place at the 2018 and t8 in 2020 but he has gained strokes recently more importantly for me he has gained strokes putting in six of his last seven events which matters because typically being out not a great putter he seems to have corrected that a bit never won a major but here he is in contention. I think this, he's playing some of his best golf. Last week should give him a confidence booster that he can do it again. Nice. So um, I'm hitting Shane Lowry plus 3,000 to win. Sung JM plus 4,000 to win. Uh, Mito Pereira plus 6,000 to win. Uh, I have two more outrights. I'm taking Corey Connors plus 5,000. Um, he He's gained strokes off the tee in his last 33 events. The last time he lost strokes off the tee was the 2021 Genesis Open. That's how like reliable this guy is at finding greens. He's third in my custom model, top five in the field for greens gained, strokes off the tee, and bogeys avoided. And uh, Corey Connors is a Canadian. He effectively competed in a major last week at the RBC Canadian Open. Um, I heard... The, the guys at VEASAN breaking down the RBC Canadian Open and they had a, a Canadian golf handicapper on there and he was just talking about how much pressure, how much media obligation there is for these Canadian golfers at the RBC Canadian Open. So I feel like Corey Connors is already like prepped and ready for big time golf and he played really well at the <laughs> RBC Canadian Open. He finished six. The finish mm-hmm. he finished well, but it really didn't affect his price, which I like, right? He's also one of the few golfers in this field with legit experience on this course. He competed in the 23 2013, excuse me, amateur championship championship which Ma- uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick won. Um, He ended Mm -hmm. up getting eliminated by Matthew Fitzpatrick, but he has familiarity with this course, which is most uh, something most golfers can't say top 10 in the masters last two years, 17th in the PGA last year. So uh, Corey Connors is going to be my fourth golfer to, to to, that I'm going to bet on outright. Uh, Who else do you have in your uh, outrights? Um, that Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's a second player. I was on him last week as well. And he was right in contention. He took second after the first day, uh, finished in second place after round one, but I like him for a top 20 as well, plus 125, 260 
or a top 10, but as you mentioned that he won the 2013 amateur here, that's actually has nothing to do with why I'm taking him, but he's just a top 20 machine in 2022. He has played 12 events. He has three miscuts, nine top 20s, seven of which were in top 10s. In his last two majors, he took 14th at the masters fifth in the PGA championship. I'm looking for players that are consistent and that is nobody is as consistent as Fitzpatrick. He is in the green in nearly every single tournament that he plays. You have to really look hard in order to find some of the areas where he lacks in, and there aren't any. So I like Fitzpatrick. A win is coming for him. I know it is. And maybe he'll get lucky, find a good spot, find a good like uh, weather tee off time and put himself in contention once again, just like he was last week. All right. And the last outright that I'm taking a shot at uh, here, Pam, is I'm going, I'm taking my boy, Tom Hoagie plus 20,000. Uh, he's also plus 50, uh, 550 for top 20. Uh, he won at Pebble Beach, which, again, smallest greens on the PGA Tour. He's second in the field at proximity to the hole, ninth in scrambling, and uh, he has the best par three average. And I think these par threes might be, like, one of the few or the only gettable holes on the on the on the whole course for these guys so um people are going to be scrambling to make pars at the at the par fives well only two of them and at the the 12 par fours um and again he's ninth in scrambling so i think he can scramble make some pars and maybe make some birdies make a run at this thing and i feel stronger obviously about the top 20 plus 550 ticket but i'm going to sprinkle on this plus 20,000 to win this thing out right just kind of a little fun bet right it'd be sick of a cash though i'll tell you that um, we like to end our a podcast every week with our best bets at a segment we like to call Go Into the Window. But before we do that, Pam, um, for joining this podcast, I'm, I'm very grateful for you to just jump on. But why don't you uh, plug anything you got going on here in the near future or uh, where where people can read more of your stuff and handicaps? Yeah, everything that I do for sports-related, betting-related, you can find over at the Yahoo Sportsbook. I both write articles um, related to either tennis to the PGA. And then of course, once football season gets underway, that's my bread and butter. That's, that's my baby. Um, you can also see my stuff in video format on social. Um, my Twitter is Pamela M 35. I do have an Instagram, but I really keep that too. I'm a bodybuilder on the side and I have a competition coming up in July. So I'm about seven weeks away. Um, so I post my lifts and kind of just like my prep, my preparation up into the event there. And that's football fit 35 on Instagram. If nice. you're into that stuff. <laughs> well, Hey, best luck with that. Um, Thank hopefully I, I, I think I told you this beforehand. Hopefully you have some best bets queued up, but we do like to close this thing out with, uh, uh, our best bet segment, which is very quick, but we call it going to the window. So let's do that. The bet slipping podcast going to the window. If you're going to have a best bet, I'm going with the single one. And that's Roy McIlroy top 10 at plus 140. Um, he, you know, I talked about how he's just coming off a win last week, and that's okay. I'm not really discouraged at all by a player that's going to falter afterward. Not McElroy. He's too veteran of a player to, for that to happen. Um, but he in the U.S. Opens, he has three straight, three straight top 10 finishes, T9, T8, and a T7 last year. I'm using Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach as comparable courses. Well, he has a T3, a T16, and a T7. And top 10 for me just seems like a no-brainer. Um, his minus 160 odds for a top 20. I absolutely would pay for that, but I also want some value extra plus money. So I'm going for the top 10 option instead. First tee to green, first in ball striking, first in strokes gain total in the last 24 events. He can go back to back. If there's any one player that I trust that could go back to back in tournament, it would be McElroy. Love it, Pam. Yeah, I got four looks here that I, I'm willing to give out as best bets. I'll go Shane Lowry, top 10 
plus 300 according to Typico Sportsbook. I'll take Sung JM top 20 at plus 140. Um, then my two head-to-heads, uh, Xander Shoffley over Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth over Patrick Cantley. Um, and those are my four best bets I'm willing to go to the window with. Do you have anything else, Pam? Are we ready to, to split on this bad boy? My best bet is typically just one. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with my one. And if it works out, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you jumping on the Bed Slipping Podcast. <laughs> uh, be sure to check out Pam on social media. Check her out on Yahoo Sports. She's also making appearances on VEASAN TV Network. You do a really good job, Pam. And I appreciate you stopping on. So take care. Good luck with your bets this weekend. All right, yeah, best of luck to you guys, whether you fade or follow us. Uh, Talk to you next week. Peace. This is the Bet Slipping Podcast featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here.